1: Welcome back to the Close It Now podcast, Sam Wakefield here. I am stoked to have this guest on today. We are uh, branching out a little bit more than what we have in the past, and this is part of the door to con 7 speaker series that is going on right now. Uh, this gentleman, he joins us from the mighty state of Florida. If you don't know, Florida is one of the hottest markets in the country for Well, for HVAC, as you know that, but also for solar, uh, for roofing, all of these different things that are very driven by the need to get out in front of eyeballs and to connect with people. And so I'm super excited to have uh, my friend Jordan Adams on today. He is an expert with door-to-door experts. He's the consulting expert for them. He also, this is a fun side note, which I'm sure that we're going to cover as well because it's about being a complete person he runs a podcast so make sure to go look this podcast up like follow share and listen called the stoic dad uh, which is um, I I haven't listened to any yet because we're just connecting on it but I am excited to dive into that because I mean if you're like me anything being a being a dad is something that I'm very happy and proud of and uh, the listeners are very much uh, lots and lots and lots of family we do this to be the provider, to not only make an insane income, but also to the reason we do it is, of course, to provide. Who cares if you make a million dollars a year if you have a heart attack and you get a divorce and lose your family along the way? And okay. so that's why we're raising the standard of this industry. So everybody check out The Stoic Dad. We'll make sure to get the links for that. Uh, but also, he is um, just a total badass when it comes to mindset. Uh, when it comes to consulting for solar, for roofing, for pest control, for HVAC. And uh, yeah, just excited to hear have this conversation today. Uh, he will also be at Door to Door Con 7. Uh, so everybody that's listening will give you the links to that. You can go to HVACdoors.net and click on the events tab. You can get your own ticket uh, and use the code SAMW10 for a 10% discount. And but let's hop into this, man. Super excited to have Jordan Adams on the line today. Um, thank you for joining me, sir. Um, all the way from an he's literally hopped out into his car because he's doing an on-site training right now. And so yeah. thanks for uh, breaking out, breaking away for a few minutes to talk to us today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate uh the intro. And uh yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm on site uh uh rarely am I in my home state of Florida um close to my wife and kids, but today I'm on an on-site here in Tampa. I live in the Orlando area. I was on on site yesterday. Uh tomorrow I get a day at home and then I jump on a flight to Louisville and then uh, next week who who knows where I'm gonna be. So I'm I'm probably home uh about maybe seven to maybe five to seven days a month. Uh the rest of the time I am uh on site with companies, um, coaching, training, developing. Um, and, and really my main objective is, is twofold. Um, first of course, you know, the reason they hire me is to help them increase sales and revenue across the board. That's the win. Of course, revenue forgives all sins. Um, but, uh, Sam Taggart and I always have, we kind of have this joke that we have the greatest bait and switch, uh, scheme in (laughs) history. And what it is, is people come to us and say, Hey, I want to increase sales and revenue, um, but what we really do is we improve the person as well. We improve the the yeah. everyone from the executive all the way down to the salesperson um because I think you hit it on the head. It's look you can have the biggest yacht in the world, but if you're unhappy, it means absolutely nothing. And so doing our very best to coach people to have um, correct incentives, um, correct values, uh correct motivations, actually motivations bullshit and I'll explain why. but um really kind of taking them to the next level as a human being and the natural byproduct of the improvement of the human being is revenue is you know money tends to fall Mm -hmm. in the lap the less you care about it and the more you care about the service to the people that you're that you're acting in service to the more those opportunities fall in your lap and that's really what the end goal is it's as we improve these people we improve the chance and the quality of opportunity as well right
1: Right. Oh, love this. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're totally right with that. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you got into this position. Like what's your what's your history? Why should people listen to you on this episode today?
2: Yeah. So it is a funny story. I'm I'm a little bit older. I'm I'm uh forty and uh I uh I've been around, man. Um so my my real first um introduction to door-to-door sales was uh, was I was a Mormon missionary I, for two years in Michigan about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit before that, I had sold some pest control for like two months. I was like, this sucks. I'm I'm 19, <laughs> you know, whatever. Screw this. And so, yeah. um, and then I, I, I went on a two-year mission as a Mormon missionary in Michigan, uh, which if you know anything about Mormon missionaries, we are the most hardcore door knockers <laughs> uh, in the world, you know, like we've been doing it since 1830. Yeah. And, um, uh, my dad did it in Germany. My grandpa did it, you know, uh, I had great grandparents, my great, 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 great grandfather was a missionary. So a long line of, of, uh, you could call it door knockers or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, and I had been in sales after a mission. I, I sold insurance, sold some pest control, uh, and then, uh, probably about four, 14 years ago, maybe, I don't know. I was actually a a working musician. I was a bass player and a producer, uh, and I was traveling a lot then, touring, playing music with a couple different groups. And my wife, uh, we just had our first child, and my wife was like, "Hey, we got to make money because the joke in music is like, you either make music or you make money." And and I was, I was making a little bit of both, but certainly not enough. Uh, And so my friend got me. You know, I'd done all this other door to door sales. Um, and, uh, so he, he basically was like, Hey, come sell solar for me in San Diego. And this is the early days of solar. And so I was like, cool, I'll go down there and sell. And I was, you know, I got down there and I'm like, Hey, how many of you sold? He's like, Oh, none, zero. Like we're just starting this (laughs) thing. Like, cool. So I kind of, I didn't really have a mentor, uh, in solar specifically. I definitely did in sales and door to door, but kind of started on my own and really very quickly became successful in solar uh was recruited by a company called vision solar which became ion solar Mm -hmm. and from ion uh you know made the connections to be able to start a company called florida power management right here in florida which has been going for you know seven years strong eight years strong as a an epc which is the contractor side of solar uh and then i co-founded a company called tefra solar uh both companies 50 to 70 million dollars in revenue, uh, founded a software piece as well within that, uh, exited from all three and really up until about six months ago was only, I was only working within like the practical men's coaching space. And so, uh, podcasting, I have a fitness and mindset coaching program where we do like dad shreds. So I'll take a 50 year old dad from 30% body fat to 7% body fat, you know, in a, in a three to six month period of time. And that's really all accomplished through mindset. Uh, the the, yeah. the really the mantra that we focus on is like, look, getting shredded is 10% working out. It's 40% nutrition. And then it's 50% managing your emotions and your mindset. If you can manage your mindset and your emotions, uh, you can do anything. You can manage your hunger and all your bullshit excuses as to why you can't do something. And so I was doing that and I still, I still own that company. I've sold part of it to a, a partner slash client of mine who does more of like the admin day-to-day stuff with it. Um, and so mm-hmm. I still lead some calls, great content. Uh, and Sam uh, Taggart from the DDD experts was an old friend of mine and really kind of conned me into coming and consulting okay. um, by really showing me that there was also a, a large, look, I'm i I'm a human development junkie and addict. I, I I love one of my big core governing values is really helping men specifically level themselves up. Cause what men think they want and what they actually want are two very different things. Men think they want cocaine and cotton candy. And what I mean by that yeah. is stuff and title and reputation sure. and toughness mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Like, what no, what you really want as a man is is we're all little boys still. And what we want to do is we want to look at ourselves in the mirror in the morning and saying, say to ourselves, I keep my commitments to myself, my right. high level valuable commitments to myself. And the only way to do that is to actually do it. But the problem is, as men, especially American men, we are so driven by these things that we think we should want. We think we want sex and money and power and we think of our largeness as our power we we we, mm-hmm. we measure ourselves in numbers i deal with this a lot it's like we measure ourselves by how much we weigh how much we eat how much we can lift how long our our you know our our member is you yeah know? you can say
1: whatever you want on this podcast it's all good
2: yeah yeah, yeah. how long our dick is and all that stuff and it's just this big like this idea like so for example in my coach like i weigh 165 pounds okay mm-hmm. i'm i typically float between 90 11 body fat. I will outlift the dude who's 250 pounds seven times out of seven. You know my deadlift is 410, my squats 385, my bench is 315. I can press you know 130s. I'm not saying that to measure myself. What I'm saying is I weigh 165 pounds. It doesn't matter. But a lot of men will be like, "Well, I can't lose too much weight." I'm like, "Why?" (laughs) And they're like, "Well, because I'm like 220." I'm like, "Yeah, but you're fat." Yeah. But they're like, "Well, yeah, but I can lift a lot." I'm like. I guarantee for your weight, you don't lift nearly as much as you should for your weight. What we want to do is create the optimal man. And the optimal man values the correct things, right? And that is virtue for the sake of virtue, good for the sake of good, money as a tool to serve other people, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and being a good father, good husband, not some dipshit who thinks that because he makes money, he's entitled to be a piece of shit, sleep in eat shit, treat people like shit, right. lie to people? How do we get you to a level to where you value the correct things? And so uh, that's why I love consulting because these conversations happen often within this space. And that's uh-huh. actually what CEOs want. CEOs are like, yeah, I want money. And I always ask, I go back to Socrates, right? Socrates is famous for the Socratic method. Socratic method is to ask why, 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 why? So I'll sit with the CEO. I'm like, what do you desire? What do you want? And they're like, well, I want, I want to make a million dollars. Okay, why? Mm-hmm. Oh shit. um Because, uh, well, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just supposed to want to make a million dollars. I'm like, okay, well, let's dig deeper into why what million dollars represents. You may actually only want five hundred thousand dollars. You may want seven million dollars, but unless we dig deeper, so they'll say right. like something for example, I'll get with guys often. I'm like, what do you value? And they'll say, I value my family. Like, okay, why? Oh, because I love my family. Why? What does yeah. that mean? What does that present to you? And they'll be like, I don't know. Okay. Well, what do you want for your family? Well, I want safety and protection for them. Okay. Great. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I actually don't know what that means. I don't know. Like, yeah. uh, I want a nice house. Why do you want a nice house? I don't know. I get, because uh, I'm supposed to, <laughs> you know, it always go back to this yeah, idea. Let's
1: define do. it, right?
2: Yeah. Get granular and define these things. It's okay to want a Ferrari. But it Mm -hmm. only works to want it if it fits within the core governing value of what you're serving. If it's just to have the Ferrari for the sake of showing people you have a Ferrari, it's never going to be a long term incentive. It's not a good enough reason why. So that's why I love what I do. I do a lot of this work, uh, both on the personal and business level as well.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love this, man. So you remind me so much of I'm, I'm a massive, massive Jim Rohn fan. And uh, Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy, all the classics. And he reminds me so oh, much of what uh, he, Jim Rohn always said is, you know, work to earn a million dollars in a year, not for the million dollars, but for the person you have to become to earn that million dollars. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, personally, one of my goals for years and years has been um, a custom order a Ferrari um, and deliver and pay in cash with one check. Right. That's my personal goal. Not for the yeah. car. And it, I'll tell everybody it's not for the car. It's to yeah. be the person that can write a check for a brand new custom ordered Ferrari with one right. check. Yeah. Um, it, and so, and then the car can come and go, but it's about being that person that can do that and not for the sake of having something flashy, but it's like, yeah, that just is the pocket change of where I'm at in life. And dude, you're hitting on so many of my the, the points that I love. The best way to help <laughs> the poor that. is not be one. Right. How do we help people? It gives us choices and it gives us freedom to like make yeah. a bigger impact.
2: All right. Yeah. Oh, well so good. You know, money money purchases opportunity to serve people. And um uh I think more than anything else, you know, my mission present when I was a missionary, uh, you know, he, he was he 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 has money, you know, he's a wealthy guy. And he said, Look, you know, typically God's only gonna bless you with money so that you can give it to other people. Like people who are truly, truly wealthy, they are the people who give money away. Yeah. And for me, one of my driving factors in business at least is to have so much money that I can give most of it away. like literally eighty mm. to ninety percent of it away to serve and help other people. And you're right, like you could be the most able person physically, but if you don't have the the currency to purchase opportunities to really help people, then you're really not being an effective servant of the people around you. So yeah, I think I love that, man. I love, I love what you said there. It's it's not so much that like you want the Ferrari. It's the fact that I have so much disposable income that I can just write the check for it. And and you're not seeking that out because you It's like the second that I can afford to make a payment on a Ferrari, mm-hmm. I'm going to go buy. It. It's like, no, this is just chump change. Not for the sake of like somebody else noticing it. Hell, I might store it in my garage forever, but I can write the check and it's for me intrinsically for myself. Mm-hmm. I love that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely, man. Dude, this is good. So let's dive in a little bit because, you know, everything you're covering is it's a lot of what I cover in in um, a lot of my training. But man, you're, you're definitely next level with a lot of uh, a lot of the the CEOs, a lot of the different mindset things that you do. Um, so you, uh, earlier you mentioned something about how, you know, we're, we're talking about motivation and that kind of thing. So let, let's dive one into that because I this is the time of year because we're recording, what is this, December 5th, right? So at least for HVAC, it's very, very, very seasonal. You know, so, some industries are more seasonal than others. It's seasonal from the traditional perspective. I mean, side note, right now I'm on a mission to prove that we can generate more Zero or low cost leads in the off season than you can with your biggest marketing dollar spend in the peak season, which we're proving, you know, proving back to back. But um, so much of mindset is, you know, we've got the peak season and now it's slow. Now, what do we do? How do I stay motivated? How do I stay driving forward, or do I just take it off? Right. So let's talk about motivation and the different, maybe some of the differences in like motivation and inspiration and and i'm sure that's going to factor into this conversation but tell me your thoughts on that
2: yeah so i actually have this is part of some of the work that i do with men often i work with ceos on this so kind of the misconception that we have is that motivation is somehow valuable motivation is one of the biggest bullshit principles that, that that we have and mainly because of semantics um the English language is somewhat limited in, in how we can express different ideas. Mm-hmm. And the problem is motivation is, is kind of chosen as this word, you know, for what really should be another word. And I'll explain what that is in a second, but motivation's bullshit because motivation disappears two hours into a task. Right. Right. It's like, I'm really motivated, but now I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm stressed. I'm frustrated. I have anxiety. And so motivation is, is really only valuable when survival is, is not needed. When survival is needed, the body will naturally, from a neurological and physical perspective, kind of recluse itself mm-hmm. and and protect itself. And so it's really not valuable past the initial jump, right? You can be motivated to jump into an ice bath. And I'll ta- I'll say why ice baths mm-hmm. are bullshit here in a minute. But you can be motivated to jump to an ice bath, but it's really the next level that will keep you in there, which is discipline. So people say, yeah. well what you really need is discipline. And I'll actually explain why discipline is bullshit too. So people say, you need discipline. I'm like, yeah, you need discipline. Discipline basically fades away once you have sustenance, once you have protection, once you have money, once you're successful, if you make millions of dollars, what happens to a lot of CEOs and wealthy people? They get fat, they get lazy, they get complacent, right? Because the discipline flees once they've gained the thing that they have. So people ask me, they're like, Jordan, then what do you need? Because I feel like I have motivation sometimes. I struggle with that. I feel like I'm really disciplined, but I kind of yo yo back and forth. And I say, ah, what you need is the next level, and that's values. What you need is you need to be values driven. You can be motivation driven for two hours, you can be disciplined for six months to six years, but to be driven by values. Is the only way to have long-term sustainable success, and what I mean by values is a is a philosophical uh, definition of values. Because people say like family values, value of money. What is a value? A value is a good, and again, not like a not like a good as in like a, a an, an item or a widget. I'm talking like when Epictetus or Seneca or Marcus Aurelius or or Socrates talks about a good, it is something that benefits you intrinsically. And if you don't know what intrinsic means, it means something that benefits you on the inside, not externally. So it can't be like Seneca says, a good can't be money. A good cannot be sex or dopamine. A good cannot be a car. It's only something that within your soul creates high level benefit from a soul perspective. And so values are things in fact i'm convinced and i'll die on this hill that there are actually only three values because people mistake this they say well value can be like proving the haters wrong i'm like no that's not a value that's that's a path to a value Uh, and people will be like well you know being the richest guy on the block is a value no that's a path to a value there are three values here are the three values protection peace of mind and prestige okay so protection can be something like a roof over your head, that's a means to protection, right? It could be money in the bank. That's a means to protection. Peace of mind can be very similarly linked and related to that in that money in the bank gives you peace of mind. It cures some of the anxiety you might have of the bills coming due. Prestige, another definition of prestige is self-valued or self-aware worthiness. So looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I am worthy of the value that I place in my life. Prestige sometimes can be looked at as like, I'm the dopest dude around. That's ego, right? Prestige really is, I am truly honest and consistent in the person that I claim to be. Mm -hmm. And so in some form or another, we're always chasing one of those values. They can be negative values as well, too. Protection can be negative, right? It can be, I want to be safe from... You know, risk. And so I'm not willing to put myself out there and take actions that are required to produce that end or that good or that result. It can be peace of mind from a false perspective that I think I'm having peace of mind by not taking risks and not serving other people. Prestige can easily fall into the air of ego, which is false confidence. And so there are always going to be core values and poor values. Core values, though, seeking after what we call virtuous ends meaning things that are good in and of themselves, meaning that they don't need any external thing to be good, to be the right thing. That is the only way to be truly successful. And if you talk to any billionaire or you talk to any truly good, like like a Brian Tracy or a Jim Rohn or a Tony Robbins or Og Mandino, all of them will say, if you ask them, in fact, Dave Meltzer, who's a mentor of mine, I asked dave Meltzer, uh you know why do you do what you do he's like because i want other people to find the same level of joy that i have in my life mm-hmm. and he's like the best way to do that is to coach people uh in the various different ways he does And i think if you would ask aug a mandino or a jim Rohn or any of those other people i you, i guarantee they'll say because what i'm doing is the right thing to do because i will serve other people um so that's how motivation becomes when we first look at it, we look at it as it's a great way to get the first step in the right direction and discipline will carry you six years down the road. Mm-hmm. But unless you have some, what we call a core governing value that drives you further. Cause like, here's kind of the, 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 the paradigm here. Like if you're out, let's say, let's take door knocking, for example, let's say it's, 8 p.m. and it's dark and it's cold and everyone's told you to fuck off for the whole entire day and they <laughs> called the cops on you and you had zero success the whole entire day. Do you think motivation is going to drive you to knock more doors? Do you no, think discipline is no going to drive you to mo- knock? Yeah. What, what is that thing that's going to that's going to push you to the very next level? I'm like a 13 year old girl. Okay, I have my vision board as my background <laughs> on my phone. I have my kids, my wife. My house, travel, books, Jesus, all this stuff on my phone, because when things get tough for me, I look to it and say, what do I value? Well, I will serve this any day because, look, a crackhead, he never has trouble finding crack. Why? Because he values the high above everything else. Right. And yet, you know. People people wonder why they can't get it done. It's because you don't have the correct set of values. You're not looking. We will always serve. We will always, ten times out of ten, we will always serve what we value. So yep. if you're not if you're not acting in congruency or in service mm-hmm. to a thing you think you value, guess what? You don't really value it. You don't actually value it.
1: Right. You yeah, know, you can change
2: that. You can you can create better values. You can create, you can, you can coach yourself through getting to that value but please don't say that you value something if you are not acting in service to it so i don't know if that makes any sense
1: oh 100 percent, man it it totally does i uh, actually i take people through an exercise when we're you know i have the conversation surrounding you know kind of where we started in this conversation the off time of the year and people like oh i'm not getting any leads from the company blah 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 and i'm like so what are you doing to go out and become that hunter what are you doing to go out and and get in front of people Right. And they're like, well, I don't know. I'm just like, listen. And, and this just really proves this point. I'm like, if I had your family locked in a room and I had somebody holding a gun to their head, and I said to you, you have to make a sale today or your family dies, do you think you could make it happen? And they all, of course, every hand always goes up, oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. We could do that. <laughs> then why don't you do that every day anyway? Well, clearly if you can do it, you can do it. And so it's that's that that's those values, right? You're not it, it becomes that cognitive dissonance if we're not following through with what we say that our values are. Um man, I love I love that I'm so glad that we took this road and we connected on this because those those core values, that, that's what drives everything. Uh all f- before we started this. And well, everybody,
2: it's really yeah, it, it really is everything. And that's people don't understand, like, you know, what you value, it determines everything you do. It, it literally determines the way you wipe your butt after you mm-hmm. take a dump. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what you valued all your actions. And yet we, we struggle sometimes to be like, well, I don't know why I'm not being successful. I'm like, well, are you putting your values at the top of mind in front of your face? If you're not, it's kind of like people expect it to come and punch them in the face. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you're not putting yourself in a place to where you can visibly see and place them in your, in your psyche at a, at a very, very real pragmatic level on a regular basis, you're going to forget them very quick. We remember what we put in front of us. The stage that is our mind is only occupied by what we continually put into it. So people will get confused. Like you said, where it's like, well, yeah, I value my family. Then why are you not constantly putting that in front of your face? Why are you not constantly reprioritizing one, one exercise that I do and it's become very habitual to me is every morning in the shower, whether I'm at the gym or at home, I self-eulogize. And and what that means to the listeners is that a eulogy is what's given at our funeral, right? And so mm-hmm. I always think I have three daughters. I'm a, I'm a girl dad. My oldest is in high school. I've got a, a, a fourth grader. And I've got a four-year-old. And I always envision down to the very last sentence, very last word, what will my children be saying about me at my funeral in fact go further than that what are my children thinking about me as my dead cold lifeless body is being lowered in a box into the ground are they thinking that like i you know i, I survey people sometimes just for fun I'm like hey you know like if they had a deceased person like what what do you love most about your dad or what did you love most about your grandpa like oh he loved the show friends he loved key lime pie <laughs> right. you know he loved the show. and i'm like well that's not really like values like what you know I want my kids to be like, my dad was a man of courage and faith and consistency and congruency. In fact, he prepared us so with his example and his value set that we are, like, er- generations to come are going to be blessed and prepared by the action this, th- this man took. And I don't want them to just say that. I want them to believe that and think. And so every time I take an action, like I had the flu today. And I could easily been, I could have called this client and been like, nah, it's not going to work out today. I'm like, you know what? I made a commitment mm-hmm. to be out here with this client. I don't want to be on the doors right now. I don't want to, I don't want to go into the, I mean, I don't make any money from this sale. I'm, I'm literally about to go close for a sales rep. And it's like, but I committed to do it. And I want my children to look at me and say, my dad, my dad keeps his commitments. That's, right. that's the highest level of, of, you know, values i was about to say discipline and and motivation but they're bullshit right (laughs) um but but i i do these things because i want more than anything else that prestige of that worthiness to myself and 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 for my kids to be able to have that same level too
1: uh, this this is this is so so good man you know and personally i've gone through that those up and down periods too i've um in fact you reminded me that i have a a person I've coached with off and on through the years that originally taught me this is that the name is Bill Mayer. He was uh, years ago was like uh, Oprah Winfrey's coach and some different things. And he originally taught me about the core values and establishing your day according to the core values, you know, plan the night before, yeah. establish your day according to your core values, and then let everything else fill in in between that. And when you you set your schedule according to the things that that fit your core values, then that's how we have a happy life right and if it, it's like really if it that's our navigator is like if it's feeling good if it's easy it doesn't mean there's not work but if you're in flow then things happen and if you're having a struggle and you're fighting against your values man then that that's where things get off track so where does somebody who uh, so what this podcast is really known for too is having something very actionable and immediately implementable of by the listeners. So say a listener is in that place of when you say the classic, when you first start working with somebody, right? They maybe don't have an established set of core values. Maybe they're the person you described, but they want to move to that next level. They want to start to establish this. They want to start living by the values that we talk about. And uh, what's an exercise they can do? How would you get somebody started and uh, get them on the right path for mindset and for the rest of this.
2: Yeah. So there's, um, <clears throat> excuse me. and I'm, I'm still getting over the sickness here. No, you're um, all good. But, um, so there's two things really, number one, I want to preface it with this. Um, you know, sometimes when people meet me, uh, and, and this is a mistake that we all make when we're looking at people that are maybe doing better than us or that are are successful or people that we like, you know, like, one of the, you know, I, I do 120 burpees as my workout, uh, my warm up to my workout every single day. I lift every single morning um, and people will be like, dude, you're you're just good at burpees. I'm like, no. When I first started doing burpees, I could do three in a row and now I can do 120 in a row. But it's taken me a long time to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to preface it with that. I was expelled from two schools by the time I was in seventh grade. I was asked to leave high school. I tested out of high school. Um, you know, uh, I w- I'm supposed to be a statistic of the state of California. I'm supposed to be in prison. I'm supposed to have kids out of wedlock. I'm supposed to live in poverty. Um, uh, all of my siblings are highly educated. I have nine of them. Uh, my parents are educated. Uh, I've always been looked down on by family. I have several siblings. Uh, I don't care if you hear this or not. You guys treat me, you know, very, very subpar because of my past. And that's, I, I forgive you. Um, but uh, one of the motivating factors for me, and I, I say this because I want to connect with a lot of guys out there, because a lot of guys would be like, "Oh, he must have some education that you know allowed him to do this, some upper hand." Um, one of my big motivators is to prove to myself that I that I'm worthy, that I'm worthy of the life that I desire, because we all desire a high level life, but some of us feel very unworthy of it, and so that's what keeps us from acting in congruency to those high level values. So first and foremost. When I meet with a, a person, I like to get on their level and help them understand, like, it doesn't matter where you've been or what your background is or what your past is. Um, the past is dead, memento mori, right? Death is real. Mm-hmm. And the and the past is death. So we've got to stop looking at the past first and foremost and saying, I couldn't, I didn't, I shouldn't, and just start focusing on the now. So that's step one is really bringing them to a present moment and, and, and kind of commiserating with them and helping them understand that I'm a total fuck up. And, uh, somehow amidst all of that, I've been able to achieve high levels of success only because I have this desire to prove to myself intrinsically in and of myself that I am valuable and worthy to myself. Um, and then the second thing I always use an exercise and you actually did a better version of it. Um, I like the locking the family in the room concept, but, um, but what I'll do is I'll typically like take them through an exercise where we talk about an i beam and I'll start uh, and I'll say, hey, look, I'll give you five bucks to walk across this I-beam right here in this parking lot. And they'll say, yeah, easy, $5. And then I'll be like, hey, l- let's put the I-beam across these two trucks here. we you still do it for five bucks. I'm like, yeah, maybe not. 25 bucks. Yeah, sure, I'll do it for 25 bucks. And then we'll take the I-beam, you know, on top of a mountain eventually or across the Grand Canyon eventually. And there's no way for for no dollar amount will they cross that that I beam after a while, right? Because it's like it's icy and it's raining and it's snowy, sure. and then I'll say, look, uh, you know, hey, uh, you've got a daughter, right? You got a daughter, yeah, okay, good, yeah. I've got your daughter on the other side of the Grand Canyon, on the other side of i beam. I'm about to push her off. What are you gonna do? And they'll all spring them, and somebody kill you too. Like I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna save my daughter. I say, look, this is the beginnings of a core governing value. Mm-hmm. We have to define what that looks like, though. So what are you willing to do to cross the item? Because we, we've just determined that money won't do it. Money is going to end somewhere, right? It's like, I won't do that for money because my own protection, my need for survival is going to trump that. What is it then? What, what are we willing to put our own safety, our own existence at risk for to be able to 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 protect or to to rescue, right? Right. So we start there. Easier for men with kids because if you're not an asshole, you have a really good default to go to. But what it really comes down to is when I reveal their need for worthiness, most men break down. Yeah. When I when I say like, I'm actually going to tell you what you value, you actually want to look at yourself in the mirror. Doesn't matter. And you can lie to yourself and you can tell yourself all the fantasies in the world, but what a man really Wants what you really want when I'm talking to a, a client is that you want to look at yourself in the morning and say, I kept my commitments that I made to myself yesterday. Yep. And that is by far the most satisfying feeling that you could ever feel in existence. So that's kind of how we start. That's how we we kind of start the building blocks of of mm-hmm. what we should value.
1: Oh, love this. It's so good. So everybody listening too, um this is the time of year. So if you're, you may hear this podcast later, do this exercise whenever you hear it, but this is the time of year in December. This is going to, the episode's going to go up on six, seven, the, December 8th and take time for yourself right now to and one. Let me give you permission. All everybody that's listening. I give you permission to take time for yourself. Step one, because it's okay. Um, without you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help anyone else. So, do take time for yourself, do this exercise and start that. Find out what your own core values are. It, and I mean, Jordan's totally right. It's protection, peace of mind, and prestige. I've never heard it broken down so succinct, succinctly, but I, I love that. It's, I would agree with you and second that, that it's absolutely true. Those are the, the values, especially as men, that we're that we're after, and everybody's listening. I will tell you because you are who you because you are a person because you are valuable. You are worthy. So let me just speak that into your into your psyche right now. But find out what your values are. Um, take the time to do this exercise because this is what you know, everybody asks me about sales training all the time. How do we get better? How do we get better? How do we get better and multiply our numbers, etc. And the real answer is this, it's mindset. It's work to become someone worth buying from. The sales skills yeah. are a trained monkey can follow a script. It's everything else that makes the difference between a top performer and somebody who can barely make it. And so yeah. that's uh, that—that's what it's all about. So, man, I love it. So what's the next step then? This starts to define their core values. And then how do you start to implement those to li- to live by those and constantly keep them in front of you?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. That's a little bit harder. You know, it's, it's really, it's actually quite easy to kind of get a guy. It takes a little bit of thinking, a little bit of journaling. Maybe it takes a little bit of a, you know, on a piece of paper, you can, you can easily kind of draw it out and figure out, excuse me what your core values are, but then you have to understand one real key principle. And it all goes back to that Latin phrase, memento mori Mm -hmm. and memento meaning remember and mori in Latin meaning death. So it's remember death. And so like, I'm a practicing stoic and people say like, why are stoics so obsessed with death? Um, Define that for us real
1: quick too, before we, uh, before we get into it.
2: Yeah. So, so stoicism is uh, and I, I, I could give a whole podcast on what Stoicism is, but it's an ancient Greek and Roman philosophy, uh, founded by a guy named Zeno of Citium, who was a Greek philosopher, He's a Greek merchant. He was a business owner, literally one of the OG business owners out there, who lost everything. His ship sank, and he was basically homeless in Delphi. And uh, basically started following a disciple of Socrates or Plato, excuse me, uh, who was a disciple of Socrates. And all of a sudden was like, hey, I figured some shit out. And so he started teaching this school of philosophy, which is really how to not let outside shit bother you. Right. That's that's a real layman's term for stoicism. He named it. it stoicism because he wanted it to be the the antithesis of egotism. So a stoa was a porch that they sat on when they would talk. So he's like, this is the philosophy of the porch, which means like, I don't want, I don't even want my name associated with this because I want it to be so simple. So stoics are people who literally practice not letting outside shit bother them. There you right. go. If that. I oh, love
1: it, love it. Okay, cool. So continue with what you're, so everybody understands what the rest now.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, and so memento mori is one of is, is kind of one, it's not a pillar necessarily, but it is one of the most important focuses of really philosophy in general. And all philosophy is for you guys who are like zoning out. I didn't know I was going to go to a community college course. Philosophy literally means the practice of how to live. It's like we it, philosophy has been kind of conflated with like sitting in the a, a dark basement room in a, in a college reading, you know, uh, Michel Montaigne or something like that. No, it's really like philosophers are trying to solve the problem of like, how do you live with happiness, which is what everybody wants? Right? Yeah. Right. So memento mori is remember death and what that means. It's a twofold piece. Number one is remember that death can come at any moment. Like when in five seconds from now, you and I could both kill over from a heart attack, driving home tonight, a semi could run us over death. We, we, we have no control. Even if we think we have control, we have no control over when death comes, right? Death can come at any moment. So, excuse my French, why the fuck are we wasting so much time literally on bullshit and stupid stuff, not forgiving, not working, not developing, not building uh, because death is going to come tonight. We think tomorrow is going to come and it's just not, that's not guaranteed. So the stoic always says tonight I die tonight. I die. When I go to bed tonight, I close my eyes. I'm going, I imagine that I'm going to die. And if I wake up tomorrow, that's a bonus. So here's the question that the stoic asks himself every single night. Did I do what I said I was going to do today? Did I keep my commitments to myself that I made to myself today? And if I didn't, I'm not dying happy. I'm dying upset. I'm dying frustrated. I'm dying with uh, with disappointment. And I don't want that in my life. So the stoic is always looking to say, Like when I wake up 430 every single day, I do my burpees, I do my workouts, I go fucking balls to the wall every single day all day, because I always imagine that my death is going to arrive tonight. I go balls to the wall in forgiveness. I go balls to the wall in love and service and commitment to my wife and my kids. Uh, Like if you're if you're a, a douchebag that's thinking about cheating on your wife, guess what? Imagine yourself dying tonight. Okay. If you're a guy who thinks that, man, I just want to eat all the shit in the world. Are you going to feel content with yourself tonight after you eat a whole entire freaking cheesecake? No, you're not. Right. So this is, this is what drives people to make good decisions Mm -hmm. by putting the reality of their mortality in front of their face. Right. So that's kind of the next step is like, you want, you want to see how to act in regard to this, start pretending that death comes in the next, what are you going to do if death comes in two hours, man, I'm some guys will totally go debauchery, right? And that's the sure. wrong way to go. But most guys are like, man, I got to make the phone calls I got to make. I got to right. situate the finances. I got to make sure my family's protected. And so that's probably the next step in that in that work that mm-hmm. I do with men to be like, hey, let's start recognizing that.
1: Right. I love that. You know, interesting. I'm kind of thinking of it through this as well. When it comes to holding to the commitments and the things you said you were going to do, and then looking back throughout your day, that also... Uh, kind of as a side benefit, will help us to get better at uh, saying yes to things and saying no to things. The things that we commit to that we know that we can accomplish, and or not overloading ourselves with things that. Because you know, traditionally, I am the I am the type of guy that like, yes, I can do it all every single day. I'm I'm going to accomplish this massive list today. And then at the end of the day, half of it was done and then I beat myself up about it instead of taking that more stoic look at it and saying, okay, what can be accomplished today if I work my ass off, right? With, yep. At the end of the day, when I look at this list, what will I be happy with instead of being like, yeah, I'll just try to do it all and whatever else, whatever doesn't get done, we'll just push it off or push it off. And then a week and a month and six months later, you have these important but not urgent tasks that are still on the list that never got done, right? So, man, I I can see how that would totally help to reprioritize those things and uh, for our our own self-evaluation there.
2: Well, and and, and to speak on that just really quickly, because a lot of people are like, man, this is too abstract for me. Like, it's like, you know, I don't know how to put that into place. And so so they kind of avoid it, right? They're like, well, that's too woo-woo for me. That's too mm-hmm. philosophical. I can't really do that. It doesn't have a wrench associated with it. And so people say, how do you actually implement this? And I say, well, look, it's it's really the same thing as going into the gym and, and getting up to two plates. Like if you want to go and hit 225 on a bench... You're not going to walk into the gym the first day and bench 225 if you haven't lifted weights in 10 years. It's just, it's not possible, right? So how do you start? You've got to start with the bar and you've just Mm got to act. You've got to put an action plan into place to go to the gym every single day. And then you're going to hit the 25s and then you're going to put 35s then 45s then a 35 or a 45 and a 25. And eventually you'll get up to those two plates. So in regard to some of these, these are actual practical tools that you can use. I have I have a necklace that I of course I'm not wearing it today, but I have a necklace that has memento mori on it. Uh, it's a it's kind of like a, an amulet, a coin. And I wear it every day because it reminds me, ah, that practical tool. If I can just remember that death comes tonight and I can and I can flee the fear of that my death comes tonight, I can really use this as a practical tool cool practical tool to bring myself to that reality. The other thing too is I have i have a ton of tattoos i'm like the most tattooed to the experts right um all these tattoos represent things that remind me of my core governing values um i have a lot of japanese tattoos my grandma's full japanese um and uh uh you know um a lot of my personality a lot of my drive comes from those members of my family um and, and japanese people are you know, crazy Stoics, naturally, anyway, we're very emotionless okay. and driven and, and you know, quote unquote discipline. So these are all things that drive me that I continue to look at over and over again to, um, to remind me so putting it at the front of your vision top of mind, again, like the 13 year old girls uh, vision board is is going to be key to constantly drawing that back to your, your, your line of sight.
1: Love it. Love it. Love it, man. Well, it is, uh, it has been a great conversation here. I love this. So everyone that's listening, um, you will get to connect to Jordan at Door to Door Con. Uh, so get your butts there. And uh, I, do you have a session, or you're just more MC in or what? Uh, do you know what your involvement is yet?
2: You know, I never, I, I do have a session. I have no idea. Sam doesn't tell me anything until like sometimes the day of. Like it, it will be at like an event. And he'd be like, hey, you got a breakout session. It's like 30 seconds before. Go t- talk on this. And I'm like, OK. So, um, you know, really my wheelhouse is personal development. So um, or or like solar and roofing. So I assume something within that uh, in that uh, topic. But um, I'll be there maybe doing some emceeing, maybe some burpees, maybe some jumping around. I'm, I'm kind of like a squirrel on cocaine. And so, uh, you know, whatever is presented, I'll, I'll be doing.
1: Love it. Love it. So I'm excited to connect with you in person uh, at the event. Uh, For everybody listening, uh, it is just a serious uh, hit list of incredible speakers. The keynotes this year, Lance Armstrong is one of the main keynotes. Uh, We've got Sean White, multiple, multiple Olympic gold medalists. Uh, We've got the one I'm most excited about is Chris Voss. He is the founder of the Black Swan Group, wrote and never split the difference. Uh, we've got, of course, Sam Taggart, who is an incredible speaker as well. There's another keynote. Um, do, do you know the other keynote off the top of your head? Uh, who can't remember his name.
2: Um, I think you hit it on the head. Actually, I don't. Yeah. I, don't I we had we had uh, we had Phil Heath for a minute, but I think he had to pull out.
1: Oh gosh! Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. So either way, it's going to be incredible. Uh, of course, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be speaking to some degree. I'm not sure exactly how much uh, yet as well. Jordan Adams is going to be um, involved there. And man, I tell you what, these events are awesome for the speakers. But everybody, listen: if you've never been to a big conference or a big event, or if you have, then you understand what happens in the room. And outside the room, getting around like-minded individuals who are focused on success. Um, the difference with door-to-door con, it, unlike other events, is this. Uh, the focus here is you've got a room full of hunters, a room full of carnivores who are uh, have decided to take things to the next level. They're not satisfied with just what the company can do for them they say, you know what, they took radical responsibility and say, you know, I'm going to provide for myself, for my family, I'm going to make an impact in my community and the world. And that is the difference at this conference. Uh, so yes, you're going to learn all kind of, uh, you know, great speakers are going to, there's lots of practical application though. And this is what, what I love so much about this conference is when you go, you're going to leave with an action plan to go back and be able to implement immediately. It's not something that well, here's your three months or six months to build up to be able to do this. You're going to leave with things you can start right away, and the the numbers, the way people's metrics change after this type of a conference, after this conference specifically, is second to none. I haven't seen any other conference like this in the country, um, except for maybe like a, a you know full blown Tony Robbins waking the power within type of a trans transformational change that happens in in individuals. And so, um, so super excited about it. Uh, give us, give everybody a little sneak peek at door to door con, since you've been to some, and uh, then we're gonna land this plane.
2: Yeah, totally. It's it's really it's it's more of a mindset event, right? Um, I think, uh, like Sam was saying, like, you know, everything is mindset in business ownership, and so for you, and, and that goes whether you're a sales rep or a business owner. If you're a sales rep, you are a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. So coming out. And getting the correct mindset shift to have a successful year, to have that belief in self, to find worthiness in self, it's all there. Um, As well as some really awesome events. We're going to have like a a soccer tournament, a basketball tournament. Uh, There's going to be after parties. There's going to be so many opportunities, like Sam said, to connect with high-level individuals um, and and like-minded people as well and be able to elevate together and so um you're going to hear from some great great speakers there's gonna be all kinds of vendors free stuff swag um you know opportunities for growth and uh, if you love skiing or snowboarding or honestly like throwing snowballs at each other there's going to be tons of snow there which i'm not stoked about but i'll deal with it um (laughs) uh, texas boy
1: uh i'm kind of excited to see snow i haven't seen any in a bit i'm in austin so
2: you know, I lived I lived in Utah for 10 plus years and I I thought I escaped it when I moved to Florida and I'm just I find myself back in it. But um, you know, uh yeah, just just a really cool opportunity. Feel free to connect with me while you're there. You'll probably see me around. I've got a lot of tattoos and uh you know, I'm I'm usually pretty uh, high on caffeine at any given moment of the day and and that's pretty well known and announced uh you know from from the group. And uh, if you if you have any questions for me, I I am, you know, I'm I, not to like, um, puff myself up, but I am like Socrates in the sense that Socrates was like willing to talk to anybody at any given time. Like he was, he, I'm not afraid to like, if you want to sit down and talk about values and talk about leveling up, like I, I will totally, um, devalue my own time almost to a fault sometimes where I will totally sit down with you and talk to you about it and help you. Uh, And Sam Taggart's always telling me that I need to charge people more money for stuff. And I'm always I forget every single time because I'm just so (laughs) passionate about you leveling up and you becoming better. So find me, get at me. You can follow me on Instagram at the Stoic Dad underscore to see like my fitness uh, and and mindset content and program. You can listen to my podcast on all platforms. The Stoic Dad, where I have, you know, a, a different array of professors and philosophers and actors and musicians on there. Uh, we talk nothing about money, um, and uh, or you can come find me at DDDCon and uh, happy to connect with you guys.
1: Love it! I'm following your podcast right now because uh, I'm excited to put this in my rotation. I am a podcast junkie, and and uh, are you um, are you on Facebook? Uh,
2: I think I have a I, I have a personal Facebook. Um, okay. I you know my, my business coach told me to pick a platform and die on it, and so I went <laughs> with Instagram. And that's, that's kind of the route I went.
1: I got you. No worries. If you are and want to, um, so the Facebook group is where we land everybody uh, off of this podcast. And uh, you are you now have a new follower for the Stoic Dad. There we go. Uh, so awesome. the, the uh, Facebook group is where we, the Close It Now Facebook group is where we land everybody, um, all the listeners, um, because it's just a great community and meeting place to be able to to have a good um conversation a living room so to speak like facebook likes to call it and so if you are open to the idea um i'll shoot you a an invite to hop into the group that way people in one more avenue to connect with you there Uh, a lot of the speakers from uh, or guests on the podcast have jumped in there um so that's everybody watch for that if it will make a big announcement if if if, uh, jordan joins the group if not follow him on his instagram And But man, you got to go listen to the podcast, everybody. This is is incredible. Also, um, as a quick side note, um, say somebody, we have a lot of business owners and sales managers and different levels of leadership that listen to this podcast. Um, Give a super quick highlight reel of how they can, can contact you to maybe open a conversation about some of the mindset coaching you do, working with their teams, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, um, from a high level um, executive coaching perspective, um, uh, feel free to reach out to me through uh, the D2D experts, and so you can. Uh, I mean, really, if you want to message me directly, um, you guys can have my phone number. It's seven six zero five two one six three six five seven six zero five two one six three six five. If you want to contact me directly, I'm totally not afraid of that at all. Give out my number. It is my business line, so there you know I have limits on it, um, and uh, or reach to the DDD experts. Uh, you can go to uh, dddexperts.com um, or or any of those avenues, and I'll I'll totally give you the rundown of my executive coaching, all the way up to like my high level business coaching. You know that I act as fractional CRO for different companies and stuff. So happy to share. Uh, like I said, to a fault, happy to share. You know,
1: <laughs> good stuff. Well, man, it has been great. Thanks for hanging out with us today and chopping it up. I know that um, I, I'm glad that we connected because I, I can feel some synergy here for a lot of things, possibly in the future. So uh, we, you and I have very similar beliefs when it comes to core values and how we coach and train, uh, which is super exciting and no surprise because of how we connected to start with. So um, yeah, man. So again, thanks for thanks for hanging out. I know you've got to get... Uh, to your next on site. And uh, we are going to sign off like normal. Yeah. So, again, everybody go to hvacdoors.net. You can grab your event ticket for Door to con there and uh, use the code SAMW10, S A M W10. That'll get you a 10% discount on those event tickets. Get your team there, it will change. Everything in your business immediately. <laughs> uh, they, you have to have slept through it to not come back and and you know things <laughs> to dramatically change. And so, um, but that's it, man. We're gonna sign off. And again, thanks for joining us. For everybody listening, go save the world one heat stroke at a time. Go save the world one frostbite at a time.